Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. It's been a full morning already. Um, yeah, but I want to start with a question. The question is, do you have a communal relationship with Jesus? Have you ever heard this question before? Do you have a communal relationship with Jesus? See a few heads shaking, a few thumbs down. Uh, we often talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, and it's, you know, we use it when we talk to other people. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Would you like a personal relationship with Jesus? And that's a really good question, an important question. Uh, but a few years ago, I was doing some reading and um, yeah, this question, do you have a communal relationship? And an encouragement to ask that. I was like, that is really interesting. Because a personal relationship with Jesus naturally flows into an intimate, interpersonal relationship with other Christians. Um, I get that from Craig Blomberg. A personal relationship with Jesus naturally flows to an intimate relationship, interpersonal relationships with Christians. And throughout the New Testament, um, the writers of the New Testament continue to see this as they think about Christ and what it means to be in relationship with him, that a relationship with Christ is inseparable from being in relationship to other people. And so our relationship with Christ, though it may be personal, also has to be communal. To be in Christ is to be in the fellowship of the church. The community is finally called into a relationship of intimate mutuality with one another in Christ. Uh, a few weeks ago, actually a month or so ago, Doug kind of kicked us off with our vision in the fall um, and reintroducing something that's been part of Renew since its beginning and this idea of up, in, and out um, <clears throat> and how we we are called to pursue relationship with God. And he reframed this a little bit with uh, presence. So up is seeking the God's presence. So we commit to pursuing God's presence, to be in the presence of the Lord. And we commit to in, to our formation, to be formed into the image of Christ for the sake of the world. That's mission, for the sake of the world, that we are called out to increase joy, to decrease suffering, and to spread the good news of the gospel. And the other idea that Doug posed to us is this idea of with, because Christianity is a with faith. And there's been some talk about this, where we put with on this. So if those three circles are in, out, up, presence, formation, and mission, where do we put the with? And maybe it's like all around it. Um, I've thought of it as like, kind of like moving along this line of where they intersect, that like that's the width that they're like moving in on. And, and Clyde at our house church about a month ago, he's like, no, width is like that sweet spot right in the middle where they all three overlap. And I'm not sure where it belongs on the diagram. It's a diagram. But width is really, really important. Christianity is a width faith. As we are with one another, that impacts mission, it impacts formation, it impacts uh, presence. All of those impact our with, and our with impacts that. 
So as we engage in mission together, it forms us together. We're united in a common purpose and a common goal that builds unity among us. We have time to interact with one another. And being in it together also enhances the mission. We're able to accomplish much more together than we can on our own. We're able to dream and risk more boldly because we know we have the support of a community. And as we dream and risk, we also have those other voices who come in and say, yeah, we also need to plan and we need to act wisely. So we have these big dreams and also the wisdom to pull them off for the sake of the kingdom. In formation, we learn from one another. We're shaped when we study scripture together. We get different insights from those who have experienced this scripture, from those who have studied it or heard teachings on it and have different insights to offer, and we learn from one another. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways individually, and as we share that, we get a clearer sense of what the Spirit is up to. We're formed when we learn to pray from one another, Cindy led us, teaching us how to pray, and we listen to others and how they pray, and we learn how to pray. And we're shaped as we pray for one another. And we learn to do the things that Jesus did by observing someone else do it and by trying it with them. And presence, when we do this together, we need each other to usher us into the presence of Christ. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. When we gather together, the presence of God is magnified and becomes more tangible as we The Holy Spirit loves to bring people together and often uses multiple vision. We are being built together into the temple of God and God inhabits the praises of his people. So this with is really important. And I, I've loved hearing stories from the women's retreat, and we've heard a little bit about it, but it was a powerful weekend from what I understand. I didn't get to be there for some reason. I don't, I'm not sure. But there was part of me that as I heard these stories, I was like, you all need to come and do the teaching this Sunday. Um, I don't know. The quick turnaround, I think, scared some people off. But they were with one another, seeking the presence of Jesus. And from what I hear, there was a tangible hunger for the things of Jesus. They were being formed together as they worshiped, as they prayed. And they began sharing and dreaming and listening and visioning into the mission that God is calling them to. And I'm super excited for what God is up to in our midst. It goes beyond the women's retreat, but God is up to some really cool things in our midst. Um, and yeah, if you haven't heard about the women's retreat, find somebody who is there and, and listen and dream into that and pray into that with them. Uh, pray into what God is doing in and through Renew, but also in church. His church is bigger than us. Our with isn't just contained to this group right here or to our house churches. We're part of a collection of the body of Christ that is the global church. Uh, I, I love team sports. Um, I love to play basketball. It's probably my favorite sport. And the thing that I love about team sports is it gets this idea of with that I may not be a great shooter in basketball, but as I'm part of a team, I get to contribute what I can contribute. And contrary to what Caleb Mangum might tell you, my contribution is not to try to injure the opposing team. <laughs> I'm actually trying not to do that. Uh, but there are different ways that I can contribute. Michael Jordan, maybe the greatest basketball player of all time. People might argue it's LeBron James. The reality of that is neither one of them would have won championships on their own. They needed teammates. My favorite player growing up was Scottie Pippen because Michael Jordan wouldn't have been Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. 
I will stand by that. But that's the idea of team sports. I love we all have something to contribute. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes about the body and he says something profound that has just been rattling through my brain for years. He says, those people who seem the least important are actually most vital. They are vital. You, all of you are vital to this community. You have something vital to contribute. In Acts 2.42, and I believe Doug shared this verse last time, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And I, I think I, because it's, there's a little bit of separation there, I don't think I realized that they devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship. Uh, this Greek word koinonia, which is more than just having punch and cookies. Uh, it's more than having breakfast with the setup crew um, before gathering started. It's more than that. It includes that, but it's more than that. It's more than a team sport. Devoted to one another, participating in God's grace together through mutual submission, support for one another, bearing one another's burdens, building each other up in relationship to the Lord. Devoted. Devoted to be continuously steadfast, to attend constantly, to persist, to persevere, to prevail in strength, to continuously do something with intense effort. Devoted to fellowship. Devoted to with. In Philippians 1.27, Paul writes this. It says, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or whether I remain absent, I should hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, by contending side by side, for the faith of the gospel. I love that image. Contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. Compete together with others for the sake of the gospel, for the faith of the gospel. Cooperate vigorously with one another for the faith of the gospel. There's a passage that um, I think is pretty high on the, the canon of renew. I think all faith communities have these passages that just really have a lot of importance. And I, I think I've heard this passage a lot since coming to renew. Um, and I actually was like, I, I shouldn't preach on that because it's been preached on before. Um, it's been shared in lots of different settings. Um, but the more I thought about this teaching, I couldn't get away from it. So you're going to hear it again. I'm going to read it from Luke 5. I think most of the times it's come from Mark 2. So I'm going to switch it up. Just um, This is from Luke 5, and it starts in verse 17. It says, One day while Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting nearby who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea, and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. 
While he was teaching, some men showed up carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They were trying to bring him in and place him before Jesus. But since they found no way to carry him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down on the stretcher through the roof tiles right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the experts in the law and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, who is this man who is uttering blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their hostile thoughts, he said to them, why are you raising objections within yourself? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately, he stood up before them, picked up the stretcher he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God. They were filled with awe, saying, we have incredible things today. When I was a kid home on the bus from school, one of my bus drivers always liked to listen to the radio and he listened to Paul Harvey. Anybody remember Paul Harvey? I don't remember the stories that he shared, but I do remember the tagline that always closed that radio program. I'm Paul Harvey and now you know the rest of the story. And the more I read scripture and these stories like this, the more I want Paul Harvey to come along and say, I'm going to tell you the rest of this story. Because I think about this story of these men who carried their paralyzed friend. Maybe he's their friend. It doesn't actually tell us that. I'm assuming they are. And there's lots of different things we could talk about with this story. But I just, I want to know the rest of the story. How did they meet? What was their relationship like? Was this often that they carried this man around to different places? What would happen in the rest of the story? Did they pass this story down through the church? And then it became part of the gospels that we now have. I have so many questions because I think about, I, I want to know what their faith was like. Like who Was it the man on the mat who heard about Jesus and was like, Guys, I don't care what it takes. You need to get me to Jesus because he can heal me. I believe it. And they're like, yeah, we'll do our best. And then they see the crowd and they're like, all right, it's too crowded. We're going we're gonna to go home and maybe Jesus will find us another time. We'll find him when it's quieter. And he's like, no, guys, I need to see Jesus today. Like, all right, well, I guess we could try the roof. And he's like, yes, that's what we're going to do. Like, well, there's no opening up here. I don't care, guys. Dig through that roof. I need to see Jesus today. Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe the, the four guys were like, hey, like, we heard about this guy. We heard about Jesus. He's been healing people. He can heal you if we can get to him. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then he sees the crowd. And as a paralyzed man, he's thinking, I can't do this, guys. They're going to look at me and see I'm weak. They're going to look at me and say he's a sinner. His paralysis is a testimony that he's a sinner and he doesn't deserve to be here, so get away from this crowd. And I sense the shame that he might feel and the embarrassment of being carried on a mat in front of a crowd of people, and he's like, guys, let's go home. Let's wait for another time. This isn't worth it. And they're like, no, 
This needs to happen now. We will do whatever it takes. Guys, you can't lift me up on that roof. Yes, we can. Guys, how are you going to get me down? We don't care. It's happening today. I want to know a story, but maybe it doesn't matter. To but the more I've thought about it, I tend to think from the experiences that I've had, from the experiences that I've seen people walking out Christian faith, it was probably a combination. It was probably all five of them contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. So maybe it was the paralyzed man starting off saying, hey guys, do you think you could get me to Jesus? And they're like, yes, absolutely. We've heard about this guy. He can heal you. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He will renew you. And then one of them starts to have doubts, like this is too much. And the other four say, no, we're doing it. We can do it. Or maybe three of them start doubting and the other two are like, no, we're going to go. This is the story of Christian faith, contending side by side with one another for the faith of the gospel. Devoted to fellowship. Devoted to one another. Devoted in love for one another and in unity with one another. In John 13 through 17, Jesus makes some pretty incredible statements regarding with. In John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus prays that those who believe in him will be one, just as the Father and the Son are one, so that the world may believe that God sent Jesus. Our devotion to one another, our unity with one another, Jesus says will be a testimony to the world that God sent him. He says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them as you loved me. What does it look like for us to pursue this type of unity? I think it looks like what we did earlier, praying for the Holy Spirit. I think it looks like loving and serving one another. But the reality is that unity is easy to talk about. It's even cool to talk about, but it is very difficult. And Francis Chan writes this, it requires mutual commitment meeting one another's needs and caring for one another regardless of the time or effort required, acts of service, continual confession, continual forgiveness, continual grace, laying down personal desires for the sake of others, being devoted to one another, not merely just getting along or avoiding conflict. One of the things that we say often here at Renew is that Healthy community is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of Jesus in the midst of conflict. And that our fellowship, that our community is necessary. It's messy. It gets ugly. I'm ugly. I don't know. Maybe I'm handsome, but I'm ugly. There are ugly parts of me that I need the community that you all have to deal with. Sorry, guys. But thank you. The Holy Spirit is in the midst, is in the midst of that bring about a supernatural unity as we devote ourselves 
to one another. What does God's dream of unity look like for Renew? So it's supernatural unity. It's also supernatural love. In John 13, 35, Jesus says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So our unity with one another and our love for one another is a testimony to the world. This is mission. Like, yes, we're being sent out, but Jesus says that if we love one another really well, that if we're devoted to one another, that we're united with one another, the world will sit up and take notice and say, how do they love each other like that? In a world that is constantly pulling us apart and in our culture that tells us you are self-sufficient, by yourself. You have what it takes in our world that is continually isolating. The world will sit up and take notice when we love each other the way Jesus has called us to love one another. Craig Blomberg puts it this way, the most dynamic evangelistic power of the gospel comes when the world is forced to sit up and take notice that people are loving each other in ways it cannot account for with humanistic presuppositions. And so you might have some good relationships with people at work. You might see people caring for one another in your workplace or in your sports team or at school, whatever that may be. Our love needs to look way better than that. Jesus says, as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. A week or two ago, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but thoughts of you all were running through my head. And it might have been my day off. And I was like, all right, I need to stop thinking about Renew people for today. Um, (laughs) But as I was thinking about it, the Lord was like, no, you don't. Like, this just shows that you love these people. I was like, yeah, I guess I do, but I don't know if I'm very good at it all the time. But I felt this affirmation of the Holy Spirit saying, yes, you love these people, and that's a good thing. And then recently, this this affirmation turned into a conviction. As I read John 13, 34, as I have loved you, I said, I can't love these people the way Jesus loves you. I haven't loved you the way Jesus loves you. Sacrificially, self-giving, giving all that he has, all that he can for you to bring you life. That's a cop. And I was convicted. Convict us all. It calls us to a higher love. But I was also encouraged in the midst of that conviction, in the midst of that high challenge, I was also encouraged at 1 John 4, 12, It says, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So wherever you're at right now, you can do something to love somebody in this fellowship. And as you do that, your love will grow. As you love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So every small act of love has the opportunity for God to abide in us and to grow his love in us. 
And I'm, that makes me grateful because I have seen tremendous acts of kindness, generosity, and love in my time here at Renew. I have seen, I have witnessed, I have heard stories. I have experienced myself spirit-led and spirit-filled acts of love, lending vehicles to people in need, giving generously to fix vehicles, buying vehicles for one another, raising money to fix roofs, doing house projects to support people who need it, late-night hospital visits, last-minute babysitting, help with numerous pits and moves. It's been a couple years. I think we're overdue. One couple volunteered and did go through foster care training with Jenny and I so that they could provide regular child care for us. That love has the opportunity to grow. God abides in us as we love one another and his love is perfected in us. And I've seen testimonies of this love even in the last couple of weeks of people who are in need, people in hard times. And I know that there are still people in really hard places right now. And I see a community surrounding them and saying, we will journey in this with you. We will contend side by side with you for the faith of the gospel. I believe there is more for us, Renew. I believe there is more for us. How awesome would it be to see God's love perfected in us? I want to see that. I want to see God's love perfected in us. And I know it won't be easy because I'm a mess. But what I see also in this is that you all are really good at loving people. And I see a desire in you to love other people. And it's beautiful to obey what Jesus has called us to. But that also comes with this. It's not always easy to love somebody when you don't know how they need to be loved. So this requires us to a deep sense of vulnerability to let others know the ways that we need to be loved, the way we need support. Will you let people in? Because the reality is that that story of the four friends carrying their friend on the mat, the reality is that sometimes we're the person carrying the mat, and that's beautiful. The reality is that we all have seasons where we're the person on the mat or we have issues in our life where we are that person on the mat and we need our friends, we need our community to carry us to the presence of Jesus. So I want to ask some questions and then I want to pass out some cards as we close the teaching time. Who is God calling you to be with? Who is God calling you to be with? Who needs you to be with them in this season? Who do you need to ask to be with you in this season? What do you need to be honest and vulnerable about? Let's start over. What do you need to be honest and vulnerable about in order for people to fully enter in with you? Are there any sins that need to be confessed 
or forgiven or conflicts that need to be resolved so that with or the hope of with can be restored. What is God's dream for unity look like for renew? And what does it look like for his love to be perfected in us as we devote ourselves to him and to one another? You may be aware of this, but the, the New Testament is full of one another statements. And I think I have about 50 of them here. I'm not sure exactly on the number. But as we close the teaching time, what I'd like for us to do is we're going to stand up. And if you can just kind of move together into the aisles. And I'm going to pass these out. And we're going to read these passages. We're going to take turns and we'll pass both mics around. Um, So if you can stand up as we close the teaching time. And move together. You can stay in your row, but if you just want to move across the aisle so that you're with one another. And I'll send these around. So take one and pass them on. So there might not be one for everybody, but... Use some time to pass these out. These are, yeah, there's about 50 of them. And we're just going to close the teaching time by reading these. So you can just read what's on your card and then... We'll start over here with Jason, so he's going to read it, and then we'll ping-pong it over here to Mary, so she'll read as they pass the mic, and then ping-pong back over there, so we'll kind of have this back-and-forth thing. You don't have to read the reference on your card, but you can just read the, read the statement. These are all one-another statements that encourage us and challenge us to devote ourselves to one another, to this new narrative of with. This Christianity is a with faith. All right, I know the cards are still going around. All right. Yeah, Jason, go ahead and start. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. We should love one another. Confess your sins to one another. Love one another deeply from the heart. Spur one another on to love and good deeds. You have been taught by God to love one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. Do not lie to one another. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for one another. Speak truth to one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Bear one another's burdens. Love one another. Greet one another with a kiss. Accept one another as Christ accepted you. Don't judge one another. Teach and exalt one another. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. Value one another above yourselves. Don't envy or provoke one another. Submit to one another. Wait for one another to eat bread with one another. 
Live in harmony with one another. Be humble, gentle, and patient, bearing with one another in love. Honor one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Be devoted to one another. Forgive one another. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Bear with one another and forgive one another. Serve one another humbly in love. Always pursue what is good for one another. Do not slander one another. Since God loved so since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Be at peace with one another. Uh, wash, wash one another's feet. Be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. Do not grumble against one another. Show hospitality to one another. In Christ we belong to one another. I don't know if that's all of them or not. But. And all God's people said? Amen. God, would you pour out your spirit upon us to draw us to you in loving devotion? And as you draw us to you, would you draw us to one another that we might be devoted to one another in love and unity for the sake of your glory and your kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven? Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.